Hey, this is the NGC and Susie, and you're listening to Failing with Flair. Yay! Hey, everyone. Welcome to Failing with Flair, and I have my friend here, Mike, with me this morning for a conversation. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great. Thank you so much, Angie. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. So for our listeners, I have a really funny story, a couple funny stories for you. Um, Mike and I have had this conversation before, but we, in the spirit of failing with flair, had a little technical difficulty the first time that we recorded this. (laughs) We sure did. (laughs) And so we were listening back to the original recording and it was great. We're going to capture all that information for you again. but the the technical stuff it just got us a little off guard. We wanted to bring you guys the best um, information without all of that sidebar stuff and 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 pauses and breakups. And so here we are, yes. re-recording. We have learned from our failure, and that's yes. the most important thing. Like things will get in your way, and it won't be right the first time. And it's okay. You just get to do it again. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's. And it goes with the podcast. We're failing with flair, man. We're failing with flair. We're fail- so we are leading by example. That's it. All the time. <laughs> hey, what is it? Uh, it's uh, this quote from, I think it was John Maxwell, actually. It says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and then later on shows the way. Exactly. Great. Look Thank you. That. I love that quote. That came to mind. I like that. Yeah. So here we are. Um, something else that is fun about Mike that I uh, just really enjoyed when we connected is that he is from New Orleans, my favorite city in the United States. Uh, one of the things that I love about it is the uh, way that the city has really come back up from itself. I am from the Metro Detroit area, another area that has certainly had its challenges, much like New Orleans, but I feel like New Orleans was really picked itself back up in a big big way they keep uh yeah they keep growing they keep and with a smile whatever they they it happens it's like it doesn't phase them they just keep trucking keep going and there's just such a great energy down there and if you're listening to this uh one go visit new orleans it's just a wonderful city wonderful energy so much rich history and beauty and uh, if you don't get a chance to get down there, if you really want to hear about the spirit of New Orleans, I encourage you to watch the documentary, Big Charity. Yes. About a hospital. The hospital. Yeah, that was devastated during Hurricane Katrina. And they were left stranded for, correct me if I'm wrong, five days. Yeah, I think it was five. Five I days. I think it was four or five days or something. Without, too long. Wait, without, without. <laughs> too long. And so these medical practitioners kept these people alive. I mean, I think they only lost one, two, maybe three people. I mean, yeah, it was it was ridiculous what was happening. In that time. And they these doctors and nurses kept those patients alive, some of who were on ventilators for those five days, without any technology, without any charting, just with their their leadership, their communication, and their medical intuition. And let's face it, and any any stream, but especially in medicine, you definitely want to work with people. Like if you can work in those circumstances, I definitely want to work with you when you've got full technology. Exactly. Let's do that. Right. Yeah. 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 If they can, if they can uh, deliver such, such, such beautiful things in, in, in such desperate times, that's um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of character in people, you know, and it's, it's in life. People can always, uh, 
give up. And in a lot of situations, other people in your surroundings will understand like, oh yeah, but there are situations were so bad. So we understand that you gave up, you know, and then it's the people that don't give up and just make like beautiful things like that happen. And just stand up. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and I, I almost feel like there's an entire episode of Fail of Flair just in that story when you think about ah, the stakes that those yeah, kinds of situations sure. have. I mean, yeah. fail, failing or, or giving up in those situations or life and death kind of situations, yeah. Yeah. you know? And that's, and that's when you get to a, uh, and that's when you get, you know, to a point of, um, um, you really get to know your own character and you really get to know that, you know, small stuff is not something to, to, to stop and, and, and complain about when there's so much more to lose, you know, and that's, uh, yeah, really, t- it really shows character of people. I love it. Like, I love it. And thank you for repping the city like that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for being a great city to rep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who, who that? There you go. All right. So um, a little bit about Mike now that we've talked so much about his wonderful city. He is a serial entrepreneur and that doesn't mean that he eats um, entrepreneurship for breakfast. Uh, He is just someone who loves entrepreneurship and he is living proof of the power of choice Uh, and that no matter where you come from or what happens in life, you can always choose to rewrite your future by taking the proper steps today. Mike has overcome several obstacles, many of which I know we're going to hear in this interview today, uh, from being sexually abused as a child to burying, oh my gosh, why can't I read that word, burying his 65-day-old son. He is the founder for Be Thankful for Something movement, and he has made it his mission to show people how to be in charge of their own happiness and how to sustain that happiness simply through the power of gratitude. Today, he has defied the odds by becoming a successful real estate investor, acting in shows like NCIS New Orleans and Queen of the South, and to totally stepping out of his comfort zone and sharing his story with the world as a public speaker. So Mike, something about your story that I think is so interesting is um, sometimes people fail and then they get back up and then they get running. And then sometimes people fail and then they try to get back up and then something happens and it takes them down a little bit further and then they fail and try again and fail and try again. And I think that that's a little bit more your story. And so like, where, where did your story start? So my story, um, I was originally, I've been in, uh, I've been living in New Orleans for 10 years and originally I'm, I'm from, um, from Amsterdam, uh, the Netherlands in Europe, where, um, um, like you, like you mentioned, like it started really early that life was just different for me when, when, um, um, I got sexually abused at a very young age by uh, one of my basketball coaches. And that immediately kind of just gave, yeah, I just felt like I was just different than everybody else. You know, like I just got a little different how people say you got a, you got dealt a different uh, deck of cards, you know, that's, that's how I felt pretty early on. And, um, which, uh, turned me kind of inwards and, and it turned me to, um, to drugs and stuff, you know, and that's, um, that's really what kind of defined my youth for a, a very big part was just a lot of, uh, drug usage and, and, and being quiet and, and not really, being open and um, a hard, a hard person to deal with. So that um, after my uh, parents got divorced, which also was pretty tough because I found out that my dad was cheating on my mom, which 
my mom being from the United States, I knew that if I would have told her that she would have moved back and, and I didn't want to hurt my mom and I didn't want to believe it. And I didn't want to move to the States and leave my life behind. So I, I, I kept that for to myself for a while and um, um, for about eight months. And then uh, when I finally told my mom, we, we all moved to the, uh, we moved to the United States and that's, uh, when my when I saw a whole different part of life, you know, I saw I got in a totally different environment, and that's when um, I saw that there were different options because um, I just was around more successful people, you know. So that's basically the first time that my eyes kind of started opening up, and uh, yeah, then I moved back at eighteen to Amsterdam to try it again and to try to to make something of my life, and that's when I got really deep into drug dealing and bad relationships and, and um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where my life started. And, and I knew for, for a really, for a good, for a good amount of time that this was like, okay, I can't keep, keep going on like this because this is not going to, um, going to have a happy ending. And like I tell people, if you watch any drug dealer movie like Scarface or, or any movie, there's never a happy ending or there's never a happy ending in a drug dealer's life you know it's never like oh you know he got married got kids and lived happily ever after you know of his residual income you know it doesn't happen like that so at um so yeah so so at a at a young young age i mean early 20s i decided that i had to do something different and um i was involved with people that were even involved in huge things like kidnapping of freddie heineken and stuff like that and just circles that it's cool to be in because that's what everybody tells themselves. But at the end, like you're just messing your whole life up. So yeah, so that's how my life started. And that's basically um, when I was like, okay, I need to, I need to make a huge change. And that's when I burned my bridges, like literally left everything from, um, from a company to go back to the States. What was it like burning those bridges? Well, the thing with burning bridges is you got to be very abrupt. It's like, it's like, almost cold turkey you know it's almost like when you when you want to quit something that 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 is an addiction almost because um, a fast lifestyle is an addiction you know like like having having money and 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 partying and whatever like it's a, it's a wild lifestyle so it takes i really had to screw things up even more really that was in my mind it was really like burning bridges as in um like I, I, I just, I screwed things up. Like it was so bad. My, my, well, the story goes, I was, dr- I was a drug dealer and international drug dealer. We were building, moving drugs all over Europe. And I, um, I had a construction company on the side to keep all that white, uh, that, that legal money flowing in because otherwise you don't have anything, you know, you can't drive uh, two BMWs and a three story house with no income. So we had construction companies that were um, uh, showing on paper that we were making money. And when 2008 hit, the recession came. And all those big companies that we were working for, uh, we were building, uh, the last project I worked on it was, we were building 10 uh, penthouse villas with 35 apartments out of concrete and steel. And then all of a sudden from one day to another, it stopped like the, the, there was just no funding anymore because because the recession hit so um i started doing more in drugs and then i got a dui and then i got another dui and then i got another dui and all of a sudden it was going back to back to back and and i now i wasn't making money and um now all of a sudden my taxes started coming and like all this stuff that it was like okay 
I really need to go super deep into the drug world to get all this stuff because that's the only thing I knew or I need to buy a ticket and just get out of here right now. And that's what I did. So it, it was tough. It was tough, but it was something that because it was so deep, I was so deep in the doo-doo <laughs> that it was, it was like, okay, it's all or nothing right now. And that's, that's the decision I made. And I'm happy now looking back that I did it, even though it's been almost 10 years since I've been here, you know. So what was it like rebuilding when you came here to the United States? It was actually, it started out liberating because it started out like, wow, man, I, I was, I was in the States. I was, I was surrounded by, by, by different people, you know, no one was, uh, how my buddies would call it. Like on Wednesday, they break in the week in half and then they feel like they got to get drunk and, and do a bunch of uh, drugs and whatever to, to party that the week is halfway through, you know, like if you're just in environments like that, it's hard to, 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 to um, to not do that. So when I was in the States, it was, uh, it was amazing. Like I, I had this, 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 uh, yeah, a fresh start and I wanted to do it right. And I wanted to live uh, a legal life, you know, never having to turn around. So no, I mean, it started rough cause uh, my first job over here was at a, a car dealership and I got a job at the car dealership, which I am probably one of the worst salespeople cause I'm so, understanding so if somebody like like this old lady comes like oh hey i want to buy this car it's like well you know it's going to cost you this much and like oh wow well, i can't afford that you know i only have this. then i'm like oh okay i understand and that's like not what a car salesman does you know like no and you got it so i wasn't really making money and then the oil spill uh, happened too the bp oil spill happened in new orleans and um it shut everything down because this is all fishermen's, you know, this is all people that living off, you know, the Gulf. So when that happened, like people were losing money left and right. So no one was buying a new car. So that was the first job I had. I had to quit that after three months because I literally wasn't making enough money to make it to work. I couldn't even pay for gas, let alone anything else. And then, um, I got another job at, a, um, at, uh, it was building a racetrack, a, 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 a motor, where you ride, or a car race track, you know, where you race cars. And I did construction over there, and that was good, but that became challenging because I think I was here for, I came here in March, and in November, right before November, I got a phone call from um, one of my ex-girlfriends in Holland saying that um, she was going to have my baby. So my whole fresh start and, and with a clear head and whatever didn't really turn out, uh, you know, it just, it started with, it, it always been, after that moment, it's been tension, you know, it's just been not an easy road, which made me even more driven though, to get stiff, to get stuff done and to, and to really stay on the right path. But um, yeah, that, that start wasn't, um, it was just finding my, 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 you know, trying to settle in. And then as soon as I got my, um, I started working at, at, uh, at the oil field job. And that's when life started getting a little better. You know, like oil field was working hard, but making good money. So it, it was, uh, and I, I had a, a girlfriend that I met, a girl that I met, and we started dating. And, and it, was, it was just good. Life was starting to, life was starting to look like, you know how everybody says like the American dream, you know, you work hard, you build something. And um, yeah, it, it, it looked like uh, the sun was going to shine again, you know, and it felt like it was the right decision. And then um, in, um, in 2012, we even had a son 
you know, and that's, that's basically where, where you're, where you say too, in the introduction, how you said like, you know, people fail and people fail and people fail and people fail and, and stuff just keeps happening that you have and don't have control over, you know, which I already knew back in the day, you know, like, like going through sexual abuse and being sexual abused and, and going through seeing my parents get a divorce, you know, like that's all stuff I didn't have control over at that time, you know? So it, it's just stuff that, that happened so yeah um yeah that's when my, when my son died that's when when really uh stuff kind of got starting uh, roller coaster started that's when the roller coaster started can you share a little bit about do you mind sharing a little bit about what happened with your son no i mean i'll be um i'm happy to share that because that's definitely um that's definitely what def- defines me because um yeah, like I said, I I found out I got a daughter back back in Amsterdam that that I couldn't see, and um, all of a sudden I got a son, and it was like I got a I got another chance. Like it was like okay, you know, sometimes it's like oh, life just smiles at you, and that was one of those moments. Like you know what, I've done, you know, I, I've burned my bridges. I made the conscious decision that um, I wanted something else for my life. And I didn't mind working hard for that. So I was putting in a lot of work. And then, you know, I, I had a girl that, that we were doing really good. And then all of a sudden, so we had a son and it started to look like, you know what, this is, this is good. You know, it's starting, it's starting to get together. And until one day she came to work and um, we, um, we had her son and he was a couple of weeks old and his name was Michael J. And um, all my kids are MJ. I'm a huge Jordan fan. In in Holland, we didn't have too much basketball. So I grew up watching every little bit of NBA I could over here in the States when we would come on vacation. So I played basketball over there in Holland. It was all Michael Jordan. So all my kids are MJ, MJ. And that's always been, for him too, it's always been an example of me wanting to be the best of the best, you know, like be the best of you can, uh, you know, who you can be. So, um, um, probably in Detroit, not too many people like like Jordan because I've seen a lot of Detroit and the, the Chicago Bulls back in the day. Didn't really they were they were going hard at it, but so yeah. So my son MJ was born, and um, yeah, I was proud. Like you know, every every man I guess that that gets a that gets a son feels feels pride. You know, like like my grandfather would say, you know, the last name lives on. You know, and it was like, oh okay, so I have my I have a son. You know, and so um, I remember one day. I remember like yesterday and. Um, she, my, my ex, um, my girlfriend at the time, she came to my, to my job at the oil field and, you know, I would show my son off to all the guys I'm working with and whatever. I was so proud. And then one day she came and he was twitching in the back seat, like, like his head was just like, twi- I'm like, what's going on with him? She's like, I don't know. He just started doing that. And, um, so we're like, well, we got to go check that out. So it didn't stop. And then we went to the, to the hospital and, um, to the emergency room and get him checked out and they immediately took him in and they said he was having seizures and it was so bad that he would have like seizures for like a minute and a half straight and then like 10 30 seconds if not and then having seizures again and so we were freaking out and it turned out that um, he had meningitis he got meningitis and he had a viral meningitis and this is a a, a meningitis that that can be um spread a viral meningitis and that's what they said basically happened to him can get spread by something simple as like having a fever blister or something like that and 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 
getting uh, in contact with the baby they can like kids are super prone because they're so tiny you know so they're super super prone to, to, to diseases and, and bad things so what happened um yeah we went we went in when we were in the icu he uh, he had massive uh, brain damage through the inflammation in his brain and we lived there for about seven weeks and it, it was it was so straining on us because it was draining because I mean, I, I still had to work and, and she would live there. My ex would just live like literally would spend the night there every night. She would stay there during the day while I was working. And then, you know, I would come after work and let her do her stuff real quick. And, you know, we'd spend the night there again, eating there, living there. And um, so finally, after months, after like about seven weeks of living in the hospital, um, they came to the conclusion that, um, that his brain was so inflamed and it was a part of his brain that went over eating. So he couldn't eat anymore. Like the motor skills of just opening his mouth up and down, you know, just and sucking on something. He was not able, like it just didn't do that anymore automatically. So he wasn't getting enough food. So the only way that we could go home with him was like, listen, we can send you home. However, he has to have a feeding tube in his stomach and a feeding tube, they call it a G tube and they poke a hole through the side of his stomach in straight into his stomach and with a little valve and you get a pump home with a bottle that you can put on there, a special bottle where you put the formula in and you just put your, uh, the pump goes on a timer or whatever. And it just feeds the baby at certain times and it stops and, and whatever. And so we were super scared cause you know, you come in the home with this little baby with this whole, uh, um, uh, contraption. And then we finally made it home and I remember going to bed and at like four o'clock in the morning, uh, not even 12 hours after we got home, I wake up to my ex screaming. I mean, the, the, the most horrifying scream I've ever heard in my life. I'm still getting goosebumps thinking of that scream. And I wake up and she's sitting on the bed and she has my son in her arms and my son is blown up. Like if you ever, I, I always try to explain to people to, to paint them. Like if you see those um, National Geographic, or animal planet when you see like those hippos that are floating in the water that have been living there for the like how swole they get like that's how he was like his whole face was even so swollen that you couldn't even see his ears his eyes were all he couldn't open his eyes barely so we were like freaking out so what happened was while we were sleeping the pump malfunctioned mm. and continuously kept pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping while we were sleeping and um so bad that his stomach um, bursted and ripped. And that's what happened when we, we I remember racing to the hospital, uh, like a bat out of hell. I was going, and we made it to Children's Hospital. And um, yeah, they told us like, listen, this is really, 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 really bad. Like his, his pump, uh, the pump malfunctioned, the, 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 uh, the, the food kept pumping in his stomach. And now because his stomach was so full, his stomach ruptured. So his stomach is leaking into his body. And, um, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was a very, very hard time. Cause now all of a sudden you got this little 65 day old baby laying there and there's nothing you can do. Like as a parent, you feel so when, when, when you have your kid and there's nothing you can do for this ba little baby, you know, it's, oh man, it's so scary. And, and, you know, everybody tells you, oh, have faith and, you know, it's going to be okay. And you've got to have faith. And then all of a sudden, you know, 18 hours, you're just like, well, 
we had all the faith we had, but reality kicked in. And uh, we got to pull the plug out this little boy because we're the only one that's keeping him alive. And the, uh, he's not living by himself anymore. So that's when I had to make the, the horrible decision to, um, you had to call it quits to, to say like, okay, you know, like let's, let's just get him out of his misery, you know, and let's, let's get everybody out of the misery. Cause it was just, we just sat there just staring at this little kid. They, they even had a, a beanie on his head and something because he just looked so bad. And, and that's it too. Like, he didn't go peaceful either, you know, and that's the thing that's so horrifying still to see, to, to paint that picture. And, and that's really when, when my life, like how you said, you know, like when you think life, life, you know, you, you have failures or, or things happen and you think, okay, well, you know, now stuff should be going good again, you know, and then life, life can just throw you on your back, you know, but there's, there's this one saying that from Les Brown, he's the speaker in Les Brown. Um, he always says it like, if, if you fall, at least make sure you fall on your back because if you can look up, you can get up, you know? And, um, that's, that's, um, yeah, that's when my life started turning very dark pretty quick. Wow. Wow. Such an interesting quote. And I, I want to reiterate that such a great thing. If you're going to fall, fall on your back so that at least you can look up. How, how are you able to, were you able to look up from that situation? What was it like after all of that? Well, that's the thing with when you have a situation like that, there's not really, um, there's not really, a, I mean, there are books on how to handle grief, you know, but every person's different. And, and I, um, yeah, I went in a really dark place because everything that I, I Cause, because that happened, I thought, okay, this is rock bottom for me. This mm -hmm. is rock bottom. Like my son died. This is the most unnatural thing a person has to go through is burying their child, you know? And, and, um, I saw how devastating it was for other people. And, 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 you know, so I, I became a part of this club. I always say, and other people that have lost their kids are like, yeah, you're part of the club that no one wants to be a part of, you know, you, 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 you don't have control of that. And so I, I um, that's actually when life started getting even worse because I lost my son and I got in. I'm, I'm too of a upbeat person to call myself depressed. Like I'll never say I'm depressed. I might be, you know, not happy or dealing with stuff, but like to have that sentence, like I am depressed. It's just like me and my buddies always say it to each other. Like we're just too upbeat to, to, to say that, but Oh man, I was depressed. <laughs> I was there. Like it was, it was so bad. I, and, and everything went wrong. I mean, it put so uh, uh, attention on my relationship with my, with my girlfriend back in that time that we broke up. It, it went totally sour. Our relationship broke up. Then that turned into me drinking more. And, 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 and just, cause that's another thing when you work in the oil field, like everybody, not everybody, of course, but the majority of the guys are all drink. Yeah. We go drink and have to work with drink. It's just a lot of drinking. So, that's what I did. I started drinking. Fuck. So now I lost my relationship. Now all of a sudden I got a DUI because I was got caught drinking and driving. So now I got a DUI, but I still have this old field job and now I got a DUI. So now all of a sudden because of my DUI, I can't drive a company vehicle anymore. So now I got fired from my job, which I was about to go overseas and, you know, make a hundred thousand dollars a year, all that stuff. None of that. So within months, I went from being on top of the world 
thinking that this is, you know, like I'm, I'm starting this family, I'm living the American dream, you know, and, and, and thinking I was uh, almost thinking I deserved it too, because I was doing the right thing. So I really was like, Oh, you know, this is how life works. You do the right thing and the right thing happened, you know? And then to see my life within months just crash down so hard. That was such a, um, a dark time to go through and, and to, also, and that's when you find yourself, you know, that's when you, you find, okay, what am I made of? And, and there was a point that it was like, okay, you come to this crossroads of like, okay, these thoughts are going to kill me. Like, it's just like, this is, this is going to go really bad. Or I need to try to snap out of this right now and find out how I can become happy again. And that's literally what I thought. That is literally what I, when, when my life took a huge drastic changes, when I started looking and trying to consciously understand what happiness was. And I started looking around like successful people that were happy. I was going to, uh, I was looking uh, quotes of like Tony Robbins. And this is really the, the turning point that kind of shook me. It was, I was crying in the back of my little house. I was alone. I lost everything. I was broke. I was about to lose my house too. I had like three pieces of bacon in the, in the, in the, in the fridge and, and, and a couple bottles of water. Like I was broke and depressed and whatever. And I'm sitting in the, in this little office and I'm crying. I'm like, why me, Lord? Why me? Like I'm doing everything right. Why me? Why me? And out of the speakers comes this voice of Tony Robbins. And um, cause I was listening to stuff on YouTube and this voice of Tony Robbins comes out and he, it's like, oh man, divine intervention or something, man. Cause he goes like with this voice, like, and for the people who scream and cry, why me? Well, who else did you have in mind but you? And it's like, wait, what? Who else would I have to? And that's when this, like this lion almost came out of me from, from being like this, this, this puppy with his tails between his legs in a corner, just like, you know, like shaking all of a sudden it turns like, okay, so there is, like, I'm going through this for a reason. Like, there is, there is something, like, the only way that I can make this be it is if I let this be it. And there is, if, there's, there's got to be something more. Like, I haven't flown to the other side of the world and stuff and, and go through all this stuff in, in order for me to have this happen to me and to, to just give up and, 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 and give up. And that's when... I, I started consciously looking for how to become happy and I stumbled on gratitude and that's how be thankful for something was born. And that's how this, this whole movement got started is me having the epiphany and finding out that gratitude and being thankful stands in direct contact with happiness and that's when I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is something that I need to bring to the man. And that's when my whole life started changing. So I have to imagine before all of that, that you started applying it in your own life. How did you start with gratitude for yourself? Well, that's funny that you say that. Cause that's, um, yes, it's all out of personal experience. Cause I, um, I started, I watched this movie, it's called The Secret. If you haven't, there's also a book from it. If you haven't seen it or watched it, I think it's on Netflix for free or something. And they talk about a gratitude stone. And, because um, that's what it is. If you are seeking for something, you will find it. Like there's a saying 
that that people uh, that that I've that I've always had, and that's about this old lady that wants to bake a pie. So there's this old lady that wants to bake a pie. So she goes out and she finds and she starts digging for the best recipe for the best apple pie, and she finds the best apples for the apple pie, and she she makes it and she makes the oh, and people are like, wow, it's the best apple pie ever. But the whole point of the story is that lady wants to bake the best apple pie. So someone who never ever wants to think of ever baking an apple pie will never go out for the recipe to find the recipe to how to bake the best apple pie. And that's the same for gratitude. Like if you are not worried or if you're not out looking on how to grow and how to be happy, like you're just not going to find it, you know? So because me being so, so at such a dark place, I knew like, Hey, listen, there's a bunch of other people that went through stuff like I went through and are still happy. You know, there's a bunch of people that have been sexually abused as a kid, you know, and, and are now happy and successful and helping other people. You know, there are a bunch of people, child, even in way worse ways than me, even, you know, like, uh, uh, and, and have came uh, overcome that, you know, and, and all this stuff. And it's like, man, so I, that's when I started looking, like I said, I, w I was really consciously looking on how to be happy. And all of a sudden there was this one thing that caught me in that movie, the secret that they talk about a gratitude stone. And there was literally a guy talking about how he would have a little rock in his pocket. And every time he would see that rock or feel that rock or, or feel it, you know, he would try to find something to be grateful for. I was like, huh? That's so easy. You know what I mean? Like, that's so simple. Like, I'm not saying it's easy, maybe, you know, but it looked really easy and it was really simple. And I'm, I'm always, like, simplicity is key to me. You know, like, I want stuff to be straight to the point and simple. So I was like, I can do that. So that's what I did. I grabbed a little uh, uh, a coin in my pocket. I had this big coin that I got from my mom back in the day. And I put it in my pocket. And every time I'd see it or feel it, I would find something to be grateful for. And my whole life, it's like you put on, like, different like like you finally got a different glasses or something you know like you've been blind your whole life and you put glasses like wow i can see and that's when i really started seeing like the beauty in everything and and i started accepting what had happened to me like okay i know this happened to me all right and, and i'm not saying that this is you know um good that excuse me that that it's good that it happened to me or or, or you know or that it's good but it happened to me okay and now what that was the thing okay so so now what? Yes, it happened to you, but are you going to stay? You like you can't you can't fix your past. You know, all you can do is work towards your future. So that's when I started, literally, like uh, um, driving in the car, and it would be raining and stuck in traffic, and I'd get aggravated. And it's like, wait, hold on, man. Like, I got a car, I got AC, I, I got money to put gas in my car. Like, all these things are just happening, and it it it. it it started changing my whole life. And that's when I started looking around me and, and saw that so many people in my direct circle were so miserable and, and not understanding how to be happy. They just thought like, Oh, you know, like I need to make a lot of money. And then as soon as I have a lot of money and I have a house and a car and, and, and maybe a boat, you know, like all this material, then I'll be happy. And it's like, no man, like happiness is inside of you. And, that's how be thankful for something became something because I was like, when, when I would 
tell people like, oh, I got a little rock in my pocket or like a little coin in my pocket. Like people thought it was some weird or like, like, wait, so you're telling me that if I put a, co a rock in my pocket, then my life will change. Mike, I got money issues. Like I got this and, you know, I got relationship issues. Like a rock in my pocket is not going to fix that. It's like, well, it's not the rock in your pocket. It's the meaning that you give it. So it was, it was, that's when I started looking, okay, I need to find something that I can bring to, to the, uh, to the masses, you know, because I found out like, like all fish, in the world need to have water in order to live i mean you can be a you know you can be a dolphin which people say is a mammal you know like you can say but like you can be a blowfish or, or or octopus you know like any other but you all need water and that's the same as 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 humans we all are different yes we're different but there's certain things that we all have in common and that's one thing is being grateful is also directly to being happy and that's when i started uh with with apparel i'm like wow let what is a way that I can get people to stop for a minute and be thankful for something as many times a day without having to change anything in their daily habits, basically, you know, so I was, that's why I came up with these little, uh, with these wristbands, I call them gratitude bands. And these are just simple wristbands that you, you, every time you wear them, just try to find four things that you're thankful for. Like right now, Angie, like if I would ask you, can you tell me four things that you're thankful for? What would you tell me? I would tell you, um, one, I've been drinking this bottle of water, clean water. Not everyone in the world has access to clean water. Huh, yeah. Um, I have my dog sitting on my feet right now. And um, so one, I just love my dog. She's a wonderful companion, but she is also a personal hot box. It is very chilly here in Michigan today. So. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. One, she's keeping me warm and she's keeping me company. Um, do I get to count? Is that one or two? I, I don't that's know. That's two. We got two already. Two. So that's one, two, three, and four would be the fact that I have a roof over my head right now. I'm listening to some icy rain that is falling out this oh, no. or snow or something. I'm really excited to go and drive in that later this afternoon. <laughs> but <laughs> for now I don't have to. And you know what? I know that there are people that are struggling right now to find protection from that. So right. Beautiful. That not in that position. Right. And that's, and that, that little thing, that little process is what we're all about. Like we are literally trying to find, tell people like, yes, but people are, they're, they're program negative. Like that, that's the, the, um, the, um, the lizard brain or how they say, you know, the brain of, of us as back in the day, like we're always so focused on the negative and stuff because that's what kept us alive, you know, like, but we don't have to run for sable tooth tigers and stuff anymore, you know, like, but we're still a lot of times we're negatively and, and we're always looking for the bad stuff because that's what we had to do to survive, you know, but at this point, it's like, we've realized right now, and this is science too, there's, there's that we have about 70,000 thoughts every single day 70,000 when i ask people like hey what's the fastest thing you can do like people think like oh i'm good at running or like oh, I'm, I'm like no what if i told you that you can do the fastest thing the same as the person next to you like no no it's I'm like yeah it's thinking like you already done it and it's like wow and it's so simple and obvious that people don't stop and realize how much power that has you know just like the affirmations like i am you know if i keep telling myself i am depressed I am depressed. I'm depressed. Like I'm going to become sad. It's same with anger. Like I'm angry. But then when you turn that around and said, I am thankful. So, okay. So what are you thankful for? You know? And it's like, it, it can be so simple as 
like you said, water, you know, like you have clean water. Like a lot of people don't have that or, or even, Hey, look, I got my hands that I can grab this bottle with and put it to my mouth and drink it. You know, like even if I go like to my son who couldn't eat, you know, who had to have a, a feeding tube in his stomach, you know, like just being able to put food in your mouth, you know, like the, the, the days that you get really sick or, or you know, that, that you have a stomach flu or whatever or, or hung over so bad that you can't keep food down, you know, you can't keep a sip of water down, you know, like the next day or the day after, like you're so grateful, like, wow, water, oh my goodness, you know, and, and sometimes we just have to go through something really bad in order for us to be thankful for the things that we were, uh, um, th that we uh, took for granted before that happened, you know? So be thankful for something is, is, is a thing that is, is, it's like the think and grow rich. If you never read that book, it's by Napoleon Hill, beautiful. And, and you know, uh, they, they also talk about like the law of attraction and stuff. And it's literally the stuff that, that you push out, you get back, you know? And there's a guy, Steve Harvey, I think everybody knows Steve Harvey from TV, you know, and he has a beautiful quote and it says, gratitude and the lack of it is the biggest blessing blocker there is why would god give you more things for you than not to be thankful or grateful for you know so if you are not grateful for what you already have then why would the universe even give you more you know like if you get oh i hate this car or i hate this, this or you know like oh you know if you have a uh, you know, even in your partner or whatever, you know, like if you constantly complain, like you're missing out on so much beauty. And that's really the, the thing that, that I have, like everybody's so focused on working out your body, you know, like you can't go on the Instagram or Facebook or any without seeing these people that just look like Greek gods or something, you know, like they're, they're super, but you know, working out the muscle and everybody's like, oh, we got to work out my body and this and that. But do you understand what the most powerful muscle in your, in your body, that's your brain, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm focused on, you know, be thankful for something. I want to be thankful for something to be your personal trainer for your brain. So every day, like when you wear your gratitude wristband, it's like, you know, every time, for instance, if you had a personal trainer, you see an elevator, you see the stairs, you know, you want to take the elevator, you got the personal trainer, go, hey, take the stairs. You know, like, that's what I want to have with be thankful for something that, you know, like every time you turn into a little negative and you, you grab your phone and you do something, you see this wristband in your peripheral vision, you know, you look, I'm like, man, you know what? Yes, it's cold. But I, like you said, I got a house or I have a jacket on, you know, like, thank God, I, you know, like I have food on the table, you know, and, and me talking to, uh, cause I work with a lot of homeless people too, through the brand and, and seeing people that all of a sudden say that they're grateful for shoes, you know, because a couple hours ago they didn't have any, you know, like it's just stuff like that that brings life into perspective. So that's really what, what, um, what has shown me. And, and, and people like I said, Oprah and Tony Robbins, like, and, and these, all these people uh, um, that come and they, they are successful. Like they, they, they are looked at by society as successful. You know, they, they are happy. They, they are, they are wealthy, but not just financially, but just like in a wealth of abundance, you know, like they have a, they have a life that, that is, that is just full of love and, and happiness and whatever. And money of course makes that, makes that easy, but without the right mindset, nothing makes it like that's your foundation is being in control of your mind and, and be thankful for something. It's just a tool
that that finds the happiness in you because as soon as you consciously go like okay what am i thankful for then you look inside you know you look like oh wow i have this i have that so be thankful for something finds that happiness in you then gets it out of you so now you feel it and you look and then you know and through the little uh, shirts and the apparel that every time you see this brand or the logo, whatever, you know, you, we, we tell you to do that process. It's just like when you see Nike, you know, you think of, Oh, just do it. You know? And that's what we have want to do with this brand is like, when you see it, you want like, okay, let me just stop for a second and find really quick four things that I'm thankful for. And it might not go quick the first time, but like I said, you got 70,000 thoughts a day, you know? So finding four in those 70,000, you know, that that's something that, we really uh, support people to do. Yeah. And you know, it's so, it's something you said earlier that I kind of want to touch on is you said that it's simple, but it's not always easy. So when you first started this with your, when you were coming out of this depression with everything that was going on in your life, um, how did you find those four things or did you find four things or did you, did you start with less? Well, I started with finding a thing to be thankful for. And I, I, um, I found out that finding something to be thankful for um, sometimes can turn into negative. Like you say you're thankful, but there's actually a negative tone behind it, actually. Like, oh, yeah, I just got to be thankful for this. You know, yeah, I'm thankful for it. But like you say, you know, like it's not almost like not meant even. So um, really when I started the four things is because um, I went out on the street trying to promote this because I was like, man, I need people to, to, to tell me, you know, like, hey, you know, um, can you tell me something you're thankful for? Because I wanted, I, I felt like I found a magic superpower or something because I was like, wow, man, like if I can, if I can take control of my state and if I can make myself happy just by my thoughts, Anywhere in the world, no matter in any situation, you know, like that, that's a superpower to me, like being able to control your happiness. Like that, that's something that I never consciously thought of and didn't even know that I was in control of. So I was like, wow, man, this is like, this is like a superpower. Like a lot of people need to know this because there's so many people unhappy and I would go on the street and uh, a lot of people kind of get, um, I see that right now because you have a puppy and I got a Doberman, you know, and my Doberman is the sweetest dog ever, but people see him and run away, you know? And that's how I, like, I'm, uh, 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 I still look like, like I'm some thug sometimes. I'm bald with a beard and tattoos. So when I walk up to people on the street and ask them what, you know, can you tell me four things that you're thankful for? You know, they think I'm going to rob them or something. So it was very tough and people were blowing me off. And I was like, no, 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 here, I'll even give you free wristband. It's like, I don't want your wristband. I don't need, it. I'm like, it's free. Why won't you take my wristband? It'll help you. No, 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 no. So Finally, when I started, to, uh, when I, you know, when I kept pushing and pushing and people would, you know, stop for a minute because, you know, it, it, I, I don't give up. <laughs> so all of a sudden there were people and they would say like, I'm thankful for life, you know, or, or thankful for um, uh, uh, God or thankful for Jesus or, you know, and it was always like the same couple things. And it was like, wow, it's almost like people say it on autopilot. So I was like, okay, well, can you tell me two or three things? And I, when I would say, you know, like um, God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and it's like, yeah, but like, I want you to look a little wider, you know? So I was like, okay, so for, and that's when I, when I started asking people, like, can you tell me four things? And I was like, oh, that goes perfect with be thankful for something. And the FOR will just turn into a four, like, ta-da, you know? So, um, and that's when I designed the logo and everything. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be number four. Because with number four, 
something, it's like something magical happens. Like you ask somebody like, hey, tell me four things that you're thankful for. And like, yeah, you know, and they go for the obvious, you know, like um, uh, life and, and God and, and then Jesus or something. Okay, so one more. And then they go one more. And then all of a sudden you see like, you know what? I'm happy that my mom, you know, got cured of cancer or something or you know like oh you know like my 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 my, my kids went through a really hard time uh, last week you know like uh, uh i'm happy they're 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 doing good and it's like you see people's face like they starting to glare up and 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 like they, they go to this and i call it like this conscious state of gratitude like they literally stop for a minute and and really get out of all the Man, 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 like, I should be thankful for this. I should be thankful. And no, but what are you really thankful for? You know, and that's when they're like, wow, you know, I'm really, really thankful that, you know, my, my marriage worked, you know, or maybe I'm really thankful that I got out of this horrible, you know, marriage, you know, because that's, that's it too. And that's why it's so, some people, you know, like, like you said, one of the things that, um, you know, like being inside, you know, while somebody that lives in, you know, the Caribbean, you know, might be like, wow, you know, I'm so happy that I'm, I'm able to be outside, you know? So it's, 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 it's a living thing, you know, like things that, that we, we take for granted other people across the world might be super grateful for, you know, because it's not something. So it is something that this is a global thing that we all have in common. You know, it's not something, and then it's not something that I just came up with like, Oh, let me just try to uh, start something. No, like this just fell on my lap because of the situations that I went through, you know, and that I went on this mission, like, wow, man, like, who is happy? And it's like, okay, so what is happiness? It's like, what? And every time it's like, happiness, grateful, happiness, grateful, like, wow. So that's when, you know, that that's when the four things really stuck. And it's like, okay, I really want to bring people to the state of gratitude. And, and it helps. I mean, I've, one of the things I've always done too is um, bartend. And I've had it, people at my bar, you know, like you have the emotional drunks and you don't know what's going on. They're just sitting at your bar and they're just drinking and they're just miserable. They're crying and they're like, you know, and I would, I had it twice. I mean, I give them out all the time, but at twice I had it happen that um, I would walk up to somebody who's like, hey, listen, I'm not sure what you're going through right now. And I'm not trying to be in your business. You know, I'm just seeing that you're having a hard time. Listen, this is a, can I give you something? This is a gratitude bracelet. This is my bracelet. And I would just take the one I have on my wrist because I always give the one on my wrist away. And um, um, I try to do it at least one once a day, one person a day that I, that I physically give it to and ask them to do that. And um, they would go like, I would tell them, but a lot of times I ask them, like, can you tell me for things that you're thankful for, you know, but, and somebody's in such an emotional state and drunk and you tell like, can you tell me something for you're thankful for? It might turn the other way. Like, I'm not thankful. I'm going through a divorce and my wife cheated on me. So I would say, listen, I don't want to know. I'm not trying to get in your business. I just have a gratitude band. I just want you to go and find four things that you're thankful for right now. It might not be as easy as you think, you know, it might take, but try to find four things that you, I know it's not easy. I know you're in a state that you don't even care about it even, but maybe later on try to do that. You know, it's yours to keep. And every time you see that, try to find four things that you're thankful for. And usually to make them cry even more. You know, because a lot of times when people go into the state of gratitude, people get emotional, you know, because it's, it, it, it's, it's something that we overlook, you know, but, um, yeah, so then a week or two weeks later, I would go back to work. And I, like I said, twice it happened that I would pull up at work and um, there were people, like the guy would be standing outside 
seeing me get out of my truck and just started crying. It's like, whoa, 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 what happened? It's like, man, like you have no idea. Like I, life was so bad. I lost my mom and, and, and my wife left me. And now all of a sudden, you know, I was done. Like I, that night I was getting myself so drunk. So I would have the balls to shoot myself or, or end it or, or hang whatever, commit suicide. And you changed my state from negative like i didn't even know i had something to be thankful for you know and and i sat there this one guy i had to give him a new wristband a couple times because he would snap it he's just i couldn't find anything for thing so he would just pull and snap his wrist the whole time to get him out of that negative state you know and to, it, it took him like 30 minutes the first time to find four things that he could be th thankful for 30 minutes and he did and it stopped him from um, ending his life that day you know and it it turned his life around and it's like man like it, and that's what i'm saying like it's not something i made up it's something that i experienced you know and i see a lot of people that are successful experience so that's my my mission like well i have to i have to share this with other people wow what an incredible story thank you Oh, gosh. I don't know about you, listeners, but I have got some good stuff. If you have an opportunity, hopefully, um, if you're driving, keep driving safely. But if you're not, I hope that yes. you've done a couple of things for yourself. And that four is so important. And just like in that story, if you can't think of four right away, stick with it. Just stick with it to find the four because that is the magic tipping point. It sounds so simple. It may not be easy, but don't. Yes. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Yes. Um, and it's a muscle you train. It's something that you train. Yeah. And it's something that, that will be easier. And you will, I promise you, I promise you, you will see huge changes in your life. So, Mike, in all of your story, we've talked a lot about how you have failed with flair. What is... Um, a takeaway that you would say you've had so far, a lesson that you've taken from your failures that help you move forward that our listeners can take with them? So, um, first of all, don't give up. Like failing is only, you know, and it's the famous story of Edison, you know, of Thomas Edison with the light bulb, you know, like he did it, I think like 10,000 times or something, you know, and then 10,001 was the one that, he he found out what it was and his his whole approach was like i'm just fine i just found out 9999 ways of not to do it you know and that's a lot of times people that they think like oh i need to succeed right away but that's not where succeeding is succeeding is finding out how not to do it you know like if you fall on your bike plenty of times like you're going to find out you're going to find your balance cuz like you know this is not fun so definitely failing and fail with flair you know like the, the that's why i love the name of your podcast Angie, because it, it's just like you know like i just see somebody on roller skates and falling you know but like doing it so gracefully that's like oh it looked good and then doing it again and then becoming like the best ice skater in the world or something you know what i'm saying like it's just like there, there's this there's there's this thing that you have to fail in order to be able to grow and that's that's and then the second thing that I really, really, really want to tell people is be selfish without hurting people around you. So with being selfish, I really mean like take the time to find yourself. You know, like if it's gratitude, like take the time 
it, just go walk. Like uh, that's one of the, re like really one of the reasons I got my dog back in the day. Cause I was like, I need time to walk by myself and just like find out what is my happiness. So find, uh, be selfish. So, so work on yourself, go to self-improvement. Like I go to this thing, you know, like, like, um, uh, retreats, like personal development retreats. You know, I just find yourself, but like I said, do it without hurting others. Like I get up really early. I get up at three thirty in the morning, um, three thirty three a lot of times because I'm a number guy. So I see three thirty three, and it's like, ah, oh, it makes me think of my son and whatever. And my kids, it's like, wow, a new day. And I get up, and that's another thing. The reason it's because my dog is such a dog, big dog that people get afraid of him. So I go up really early so he can go off the leash and run, and that's really the time that is so precious to me but i need that time but i don't want to do it and disregarding my wife and my kids you know so that's why i'm saying like do it and if that means that you have to get up a little earlier maybe stay up a little later like do it for yourself work on yourself and and yeah that's it be selfish be selfish but without hurting other people that is awesome. And, you know, something that I have taken away from your story that I think is so important when we talk about failing with flair is that people think of failures as the things that they do, um, overcoming failures that happen, happen to them that they are in somewhat control of. Like you use Thomas Edison. So he was trying to invent a light bulb and he failed, you know, nine, 9,999 times. <laughs> And that seems to be the most difficult, but sometimes really failing with flair means taking those things that we don't have any control over, like what happened with your son and right. figuring out how to use that in a positive way without disregarding the, the journey that needs to happen, right? right. There's um, this idea called spiritual bypassing that sometimes people have to be really careful of where you try and find the gratitude before going through all of the other elements of the emotional journey, right? So right. don't don't bypass when when those things happen, the sadness, but don't live there either. Um, and so I think that that's right. so beautiful from your story. So uh, you. as we close out, is there anything else you'd like to add, Mike? Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you so much, Andy. You're such a great person, and I really, I'm, I'm super grateful that I can be a part of your podcast and your movement. And I'm, uh, I really respect you for what you're doing. And uh, yeah, for the rest, um, like, like what I say to what, I, what I think of with failing forward to, and and kind of uh, failing with failure, and also failing forward with, um, with being selfish too, is that one of the things that I've learned and is do what you want to do. Like, do what you want to do. Like, I've been doing so many things over the years that my, I thought my parents wanted me to do, like get a good job and whatever. And it's only since a couple of years, really since the gratitude and, and being the self and, and on the self, self, uh, selfish kind of path. It's just finding like, but what does, what makes me happy? You know, like, what do I want to do? You know, and what, and it turned out now, like you said, now all of a sudden I went from being a drug dealer back in Europe. Now I play one on TV, 
you know, all of a sudden, because that's some, one of the things that I was like, oh, wow, like, what do I really want to do? Like, I loved acting, but because I was abused as a kid, I never wanted to be in the limelight. But now that I'm open, but then I told everybody, you know, and I really like, I, I see this as something that I can help someone with, you know, now I'm getting into public speaking, which I always wanted to do, but I was just afraid of, you know, and now I'm getting into acting, you know, I just got uh, uh, nominated for the best featured male of the BAG awards here in New Orleans for, for a scene that I did on NCIS, you know, and, and it, it's, it's these things that, you know, like even the first time I ever went and talked to a school, it's, it was so scary. It was so scary. And I remember being in the car with one of my buddies um, from and crying, 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 because it was so fulfilling, you know, so, so, so see what you want, you know, and do it because you want it, you know, like, in the end, don't do it for somebody else, your parents, your friends, your significant other. Once you succeed in that, which you want to do, and they see how proud you are and happy you are, they will be proud of you, you know? So, so please, if there's something like do what you want, find what you want, but take the time. This takes time. So have patience. Like Gary Vee told me back in the day, you got to have patience. Like, oh my God, but have patience, you know, like this for me too. This has been a 10 year journey almost that I, well, since 2012, it really became another journey after my son passed away, but I've been here for 10 years now, you know, and finally now I know how to flip a house, you know, having to learn all stuff like inches and feet you know and now i finally am on tv you know i got people in holland calling me like i just saw you on tv you know it's like so whatever you do like be honest to yourself love yourself and and be grateful for 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 the ups and the downs because without the sun without the rain you know a lot of times we don't appreciate the sunshine or the rainbow yeah well, I can't say thank you enough, Mike, for this interview and for your energy and your passion and everything that you bring. So I so appreciate your openness and your vulnerability with your story. Uh, not everyone would be willing to talk with such candor about what they went through. And I know that I appreciate it. And I'm sure that my listeners appreciate it. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if someone's listening to this podcast and they wanted to get a hold of you, if they wanted to learn more about Be Thankful for Something, how would they go about doing that? So we can go to the uh, Be Thankful for Something website. It's uh, www.bt4s and the number four. So that's a B, a T, a number four, and then an S dot us so it's uh us because it's us like we all have this in common so it's bt4s dot us and then on all the social media platforms um we are at be thankful for something just one word so be thankful with a number four and then something so that's us so come check us out and um we'd love to uh support your gratitude Awesome. Thank you. And uh, listen, if you are going to go on the social media route, I highly encourage it. We scroll through social media so often and it infuses our brains and it can infuse our brains with more fear and more challenges and more focus on the failure, or we can infuse it with things like gratitude and positivity and moving forward. And so uh, program yourself to look for that those types of feeds. And I'm sure that Mike has got some great stuff out there for you. So yes, again, thank you for your time. I'm so glad we got to do this. And um, for my listeners and everyone out there, I hope you remember to fail big, fail often, and most importantly, fail with some flair. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on Feeling with Flair. 
Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast medium so that you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Thanks. We'll see you next time.